Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. going to be looking at verses 54 to 55. Still trying to get my mind up to speed. Today's been utterly chaotic. Lots of different mistakes. A lot of, lot of mess, really. Uh, I was joking with someone else earlier. God bless this mess. I think at the uh, end of this year, as we start 2021, I'll Look back at all the mistakes this year, and I'll just think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Anyway, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 54 and 55. Luke chapter 1, verses 54 and 55. And it says this. Mary just hears from the angel Gabriel, and now she's singing out to God in praise and response to what Gabriel what what Gabriel tells her will happen with her child. And she says this. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for your help because we desperately need it. Without your help, God, we are incapable of remembering you. The words that you speak would fall upon deaf ears. So we ask God for your help. We ask for supernatural help. We ask for help that can only come from your spirit. Help us to understand these words, to cherish these words, to hope in these words. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Dad promised me he would teach me the guitar when I turned 13. I was overwhelmed with anticipation. I looked up at him, starry-eyed. Really? Yes, I will. And I cherished that promise. I kept it tight to the chest. And every year that went by, I held that promise near and dear to my heart. Fast forward seven years to my 12th birthday. A lot had happened. I was wearing glasses now. We had moved across the country from St. Louis to Cyprus, and I was bursting with anticipation. I went to my dad. Dad, are you ready to teach me guitar? My dad turned his head from the TV show he was watching. What? My beaming excitement was blocked by his blank stare. You promised. When did I promise that? 
when I was five years old, Dad. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I think my dad could see my devastated face. He told me to go grab his guitar from the other room. I came back with the acoustic guitar. He showed me a G chord and handed me the guitar. I wrapped my fingers around the neck of the guitar and he said, Son, your hands are too small. You need to grow some more. And then he handed the guitar back and went back to his TV show. My dad didn't remember. My guitar dreams were incinerated. And all that remained were the ashes of disappointment. I'm sure that many of us have been disappointed before. Memories that taught us that hope is naive, that expectations are meant to be broken, that promises are empty. We can get so used to disappointment that we forget that promises can be kept at all. But God always keeps his promises. And that's reason for us to praise him. That's going to be our main idea tonight. Praise God for keeping his promises. Praise God for keeping his promises. Let's read this passage again for verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy. The Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. Mary doesn't just thank God for the blessing that had been done to her. She thanks God for the blessing that he had provided to Israel, remembering his mercy. Why mercy? Why remember God's mercy? And why use that word mercy and not just grace? Because Mary recognized when she's praising God here. That's not just that Israel's receiving a great gift in the child that she's about to give birth to, but that Israel had a great need. Had a great need. You can see that in their destitute condition. God had promised that there would be a great nation, but rather than a great nation, there were dinky subordinates exiled, and then returned, and then dominated by the Roman Empire. That's not a great nation. Not only was their political or national condition destitute, their spiritual condition was also poor as well. They were exiled from God. In Ezekiel 10, the Spirit of the Lord leaves the temple. The people of God get exiled, they return, and the Spirit of the Lord never re-enters the temple. God's not really with them. And here, Mary is praising God because God has remembered his mercy. And this mercy that God was about to give was spoken to Israel's ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants. You see, everything that Israel ever received was because of God's kind mercy. And God promised that someone would come. And in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, 
God goes to Abraham and promises that he would make him a great nation and bless all the nations through him. That wasn't because of anything that Abraham had done. Up until that point in the story, you don't read anything about Abraham. Abraham's just a dude in the land of Ur, son of Terah. And then suddenly God just speaks to him. We don't know who Abraham was, what he did. We just know that he's a guy that God spoke to. But God looks at an old man with no legacy, no children, and offers him a promise as beyond his wildest dreams. That he would make him into a great nation. That he would bring him to the land that God sends him to. That through Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Fast forward a thousand years to David. A lot has happened. Abraham's offspring, Israel, becomes a nation. But instead of obeying God, they disobey him and become a rebellious people without direction. And God, in his kindness, fulfilling his promise to Abraham even thousands of years later, raises up a king for his people in the person of David. And God promises to David in 2 Samuel 7, that he would establish his kingdom and raise up a descendant that would establish his throne forever. God had already taken this young shepherd boy who really was a nobody and turned him into the king of an entire nation. And David hadn't done anything up until that point to earn God's favor. But God looked at that young man with no expectations and offered him a dynasty, a promise beyond his wildest dreams. Fast forward a thousand years to Mary. A lot has happened. Instead of an everlasting kingdom, David's grandson splits the kingdom in two. Both halves struggle with sin and disobey God. And then different nations come and overtake the kingdom and exile God's people from their land. And so God sends prophets to rebuke his people for turning away and disobeying him. But with his rebukes came a promise that God would restore his people. That son of David that God promised would still come. And so the people gazed starry-eyed towards the future. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Ransom, captive Israel. Generation after generation, waiting until Mary, until Mary. And suddenly an angel appears before Mary and speaks to her. Read with me. Turn, turn back to verse 30 of the same chapter. Gabriel appears before her. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 
He will reign over the house of Jacob, being Israel, forever. And his kingdom will have no end. What is this angel saying to Mary? Gabriel is telling her that all of God's promises, all the things that Israel had longed for, all the things that David had longed for, all the things that Abraham longed for, God remembered. God was going to come through on everything that he promised. And he was going to do it now. I mean, that's a reason to sing. And beyond anything that they can fathom, God was going to come through in ways beyond their wildest dreams. If you're not a Christian, this is the gospel. God himself was going to take on flesh and become a man. This son of David was going to be God the Son, who would become a man and dwell amongst his people. We don't celebrate Christmas because we like the thought of a cute baby in a food trough. We celebrate Christmas because life is dark. Because of our own sin, we've been cast out of the presence of God. We've all been stained by the curse of sin. Outside of God's goodness, there's only darkness and disappointment. But God looked upon our destitute spiritual condition and made a promise. He made it to the first couple on earth and to the rest of humanity. That someone will come from the seed of the woman. From the line of Abraham. From the line of David that would eradicate the darkness. That would put us in right standing with God. And God was about to fulfill that promise beyond their wildest dreams. God wouldn't just fulfill their promises. He would come down himself. God the Son took on flesh and became a man. The man that they had longed for wasn't just a man. Jesus would be the God-man. He lived the perfect life that we never could. He never sinned against God. And with every day of his life, he fulfilled promises that God had made centuries ago. And in fulfillment of God's promise from the beginning of creation, Jesus died on a cross, bearing the judgment that we deserved. Redeeming us from all, uh, redeeming all who would turn from their sin and turn to Him. And He rose from the dead three days later, declaring victory over sin and death. Jesus fulfills all of God's promises. If you don't have this hope, I urge you to turn to Jesus. Ask Him to save you, and you will be saved. We would love to talk to you more about trusting in Jesus. Talk to anyone around here. Friends, maybe this year has been filled with disappointments and mistakes. I have good news for you. God remembers his mercy. Christ was born. Maybe... All you see around you is darkness. 
I have good news for you. God remembers His mercy. Christ is born. Jesus demolishes all of our expectations of disappointment because Jesus was born. God always keeps His promises. And that's reason for us to praise Him. Let's pray. God, as we look forward to Christmas Day, spending time with loved ones, meditating on your goodness, God, give us the grace to remember your mercy. We thank you that you are an unchanging God who has been so consistently faithful in your care for us. Help us, Lord, to cherish your goodness, to cherish your mercy, and your help that you've provided for us through Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.